when uh, a person sits down to write a book, he has a very good idea in his mind of of the matter of, of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to take care that you don't take shortcuts mm-hmm. and leave the reader standard without a proper understanding of what you want to convey. Well said. At the same time, you can't go into so much detail that you leave the reader bored to tears. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've lost the reader then. Correct. So it's a balancing act, you know, between conveying what you want and and you know, cutting the clutter. Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to our channel, please consider subscribing to it and hit the bell icon so that you never miss an update. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished author, Rajiv Behel. Rajiv, welcome to the show. Rajiv is the author of uh, two different books, Reimagining Jobs in a Fast-Changing World and The Economic Reactor. He has been the founder of Fun Foods, which is a well-known brand which he exited from. And in his uh, other avatars, he's been a sailor, he's been an entrepreneur, and of course, he's an author. So Rajiv, let's talk about your book, Reimagining Jobs in a Fast-Changing World. Tell me about your book. You know, about... uh uh, about four years back, mm-hmm. I started re- reading, you know, an increasing number of articles mm-hmm. about how jobs would be taken away, you know, by artificial intelligence and robotics mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, I decided to do some research on it. After some time, it became apparent that this was indeed the case. A number of jobs across, you know, most fields of human activity would be mm-hmm. under threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, that um, uh, it would lead to a few things. It would lead to you know the quality of goods and services would uh, improve. Uh, goods would become uh, prices would drop, and goods would become plentiful. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, jobs would not be there. Okay, the jobs would keep decreasing. This led three concerns. Number one, without jobs, how are people going to you know, uh, going to raise their families, uh, what are they going to do for money? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing was uh, uh, how how will, you know, the country as a whole avoid uh, unrest and perhaps even anarchy because, you know, it could lead to a volatile situation. Sure, sure. And uh, the, the third concern was, you know, how would the economy sustain itself? Mm-hmm. And uh, I needed some questions, answers to these questions. I started working on it. That's how the book came about. Fantastic, fantastic. And you know, when I was going through it, there are you. You've spoken about eight areas which uh-huh. you have examined and where the changes will happen. Talk to me about these areas. Uh, you know, with okay. examples if necessary. Okay. Before I start talking about these eight areas, let me mention uh-huh. that. These eight areas are not the only areas where changes are going to happen. Oh, I'm sure, absolutely. And these were chosen because they were, I felt they were going to affect us a great deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are also perhaps closer to fruition than other areas. Okay. So to briefly about each of these, the first of course is artificial intelligence. Correct. Which is really, it doesn't do anything directly, but it is the force multiplier, it is the game changer. 
it is what makes changes in every other field possible mm-hmm. okay with very powerful processors and very cheap uh, sensors uh, it's said to permit in, in every field of uh, human activity mm-hmm. the second is energy okay you know development in uh, in renewable energy especially wind and solar Correct. has already reached a stage where electricity from these is cheaper than it is from most fossil fuels or even nuclear energy and with the, with the developments happening there is going to get cheaper and more abundant right and uh, manufacturing mm-hmm. manufacturing i mean people have already started losing jobs uh, you know in droves uh, to artificial manufacturing mm-hmm. in fact there are now some lights out factories which means that they don't need lights because there are no humans who need light to find their way about wow it's machines making more machines mm-hmm. there's a plant in you know near mount fuji in japan which makes 5000 robots every month okay it's robots making more robots mm-hmm. sometimes in the dark mm-hmm. you know very much like humans can make more humans sometimes absolutely it's <laughs> come to that correct the the third is uh, the sharing economy mm-hmm. now the sharing economy is uh, uh it's uh, something made possible through you know uh, through technologies like the internet and uh, mm-hmm. and 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 the proliferation of smartphones right it has made companies like airbnb uber and task rabbit possible it has also made uh, the gig economy and crowdfunding possible correct uh you know there is a the sharing economy can raise the standard of living of communities at a much cheaper cost than would otherwise be possible right uh however there's a backdrop to this it needs a robust and quick and robust you know justice delivery system mm-hmm. it cannot function without that uh in india we don't have that as a result we missed out on the half century of cars that you could hire to drive yourself mm-hmm. you can do it everywhere else in the world almost right. but not in india yeah. and uh, then uh, the after that we have the the transport mm-hmm. the transport is seeing the transport sector is seeing immense changes again uh 10 years from now there are not going to be any more petrol or diesel cars being manufactured they're going to be all electric the next decade we'll see self driven cars and uh, self driving cars and trucks mm-hmm. we'll see flying cars we'll see intercity and intercity hyperloops mm-hmm. it's but all of these are going to be artificial intelligence driven mm-hmm. you're not going to need any human because we right. simply do not have that such fast reaction times mm-hmm. so while it's going to be easier to get move you know people and goods from one place to another Mm-hmm. Uh, millions of jobs are going to be gone gone is it okay then water is another this thing uh, which is uh, uh, you know there is no sh- uh, shortage of water on earth mm-hmm. uh, you know 3/4 of a planet is covered in water right. our shortage is only of fresh water correct you know what we drink what we wash with what we farm with but uh, desalination technology is getting 
exceedingly energy efficient. Mm -hmm. In the not too distant future, we are going to be able to get as much water as we need mm -hmm. uh, at affordable prices. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the fear of water wars will recede. Okay. Uh, now, agriculture and meat production is, is the next state. This is changing beyond recognition. I see. We already have uh, computer controlled uh, farming systems like uh, hydroponics, aeroponics, mm -hmm. aquaponics, vertical farming, integrated systems employing two or more of these systems. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best of these systems use a tenth of the water as is used in traditional farming, True. much less fertilizer and no, and no pesticides at all. Mm -hmm. The produce, they produce healthier than what we have in normal farming. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are also more, uh, the, their yield is mo more per unit area and also per unit time, uh, meaning that, you know, multiple crops can be taken out from them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, these do not require, you know, good soil, these methods don't require good soil quality, even they don't require the right temperatures or even or even sunlight. Mm. They could be grown in mine shafts, in shipping containers, and they could be grown on the moon or on Mars. You know, it's uh, uh, it, it's possible. Meats uh, uh, now the, for meats there is a big change. Uh, petri dish or you know meats grown in petri or bioreactors, which are identical cell-to-cell, -cell, you know, for for normal meats. And they are not, you know, soybean products or anything like that. Uh, in December last year, Singapore became the first country to license the sale of uh, uh, lab-grown chicken nuggets. Mm. I'm sure other meats will follow soon yeah. enough. Yeah. There's a Finnish company, Finnish company, by the name of Solar Foods, which has gone one step ahead, it has started making edible protein out of uh, electricity, air, and water. Wow! Uh, with the help of microbes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the future we are going to be able to divorce food from farm and farm animals. Amazing! Which which is very big. Fantastic. Now, now health. Uh, again, there are breakthroughs happening in, in both the prescriptive and, and the curative aspects of medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the, to cut a long story short, uh, that's going to lead to longer and healthier lives for all of us. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to lead to any great increase of jobs. Okay. Okay. So, these are the eight areas, but uh, I couldn't... Uh, you know, I had limited myself to limited number of areas, but I couldn't resist the temptation to look at some of the main concerns, you know, mm -hmm. roti, kapra or makan. And as far as roti is concerned, there are now automatic cooking devices mm -hmm. available off the shelf, which can give you restaurant quality food using healthier ingredients at a fraction of that cost. Correct. Uh, this is not only going to impact restaurants, it's going to impact home delivered meals and the number of jobs that you can well imagine. Kapda, there are already automatic machines, computer controlled machines that stitch garments mm. at a price that is paid to the, you know, 
poorest paid workers in the poorest countries. Right. Uh, these countries which have a thriving garment business are will one day find themselves without orders and mm. hence without jobs. Mm. Makan again, construction industry is going. You can today 3D print a modest house yeah. in one day yeah. on site. Yeah. You know, not so long ago in China, they built a large 57 story building in 19 days using prefab technology. Correct. Correct. You can extrapolate this to see, you know, where these industries and their jobs will be in, in time to come. Yes. No, no matter where we look, what we see is increased efficiency and fewer jobs. Hmm. Very interesting. And yet, you know, you speak about a hundred million jobs being created. Uh, yes, a uh, hundred million jobs. Okay, let me start about the hundred million jobs. Mm -hmm. These jobs would be just a second. These jobs would be created because of something known as the local multiplier effect. Uh -huh. This was first spoken about by John Maynard Keynes in his 1936 book, The General Theory of uh, General Theory of uh, Employment and Money and Interest. Mm -hmm. uh, later, uh, Professor uh, Enrico Moretti of the University of California, mm -hmm. uh, Berkeley. <laughs> it came back into prominence because of his work. Okay. He found that in Cupertino mm -hmm. in California, mm -hmm. when Apple brought 13,000 jobs into Cupertino, okay. it created an additional 70,000 jobs. Absolutely. Correct. And when it created the 70,000 jobs, you know, uh, I mean, basically, if money is spent in a community, it uh, uh, creates demand for goods and services, which leads to the creation of jobs to meet that demand. Well said. Well said. And when Professor, uh, his findings were so surprising that it spurred a lot of other studies in other parts of the world, which by and large validated his findings. Hmm. The surprise exception was Italy. Hmm. Number of researches done in Italy found that no additional jobs were created. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only explanation that could be found was that, you know, the, the conditions uh, caused by the bureaucratic delays in Italy mm -hmm. for starting a new job was so, a uh, new business mm -hmm. was so onerous that people chose not to start new businesses. Very interesting. And, you know, this led me to thinking that when you can, when money coming into a community, actually, it is when jobs come into a community, mm -hmm. uh, or I'll cut myself short, you know, all studies have been done on the effect of job creation mm -hmm. when new jobs come into a community. Correct. No studies have been done on when a little, mon little money comes into many hands in a community for the simple reason that such a condition has never existed anywhere before countrywide. To my mind, it is not the number of jobs that come in that is important. It is the amount of money that comes in it is, which is important and how it is spent. Very interesting. So let's now move to uh, another part of our conversation. And I'm going to want to talk to you about your writing. Okay. Uh, after such an amazing, uh, you know, career as uh, a sailor, you know, and then you built fun foods, 
uh-huh. what made you start writing uh actually you know i had uh, in my sailing days uh, i i started i was very young then actually sure. but i started getting interested in economics for the simple reason when i found myself you know visiting neighboring countries right which had similar resources but economically the economic development was in vastly different fields mm-hmm. you know it got me thinking why should it be so mm-hmm. and having plenty of time at sea i started reading you know whatever i could i could it became a sort of an obsession with mm-hmm. and then when i started a business in india i realized it, india is not an easy place to do business sure, in sure. and uh, i realized you know how things could be better and different my company was going very well it was growing fast thriving one of the reasons i sold the company was mm-hmm. to try and sit down and see if i could actually write what was in my head you know if i could put it down on paper I, I, and i gave it a shot and it worked absolutely so a follow up question to that uh, rajiv is that what makes a good writer i'm not even sure i'm qualified to answer that <laughs> question you read two books so <laughs> you can certainly tell me your thoughts <laughs> and uh, anyway you know but i can share one thing uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is uh, a difficulty i faced mm-hmm. you know when uh, a person sits down to write a book he has a very good idea in his mind of of the matter of, of the book mm-hmm. uh you have to take care that you don't take shortcuts mm-hmm. and leave the reader stranded without a proper understanding of what you want to convey well said at the same time you can't go into so much detail that you leave the reader bored to tears mm-hmm. you know you've lost the reader then correct so it's a balancing act you know between conveying what you want and and you know cutting the clutter very well said very well said so and, uh, tell me you know uh I, you know i'm also you know i've also written a few books yes i'm aware uh, of that uh, my my question and i've often been asked this question so i'm going to ask you the same question okay when you are writing right do you follow a fixed schedule do you have a schedule when you write no i i am afraid i'm not a very disciplined person in that way you know i could write five pages in a day huh. or i could struggle for five days to write get a paragraph right okay so i am not disciplined in that way Okay. My favorite times for writing are early morning yeah. with a pot of tea by my side, mm-hmm. or in the evening with a drink in hand. Yeah. You know, for <laughs> sure better. But that was nice. Well said. Well said. You know, and it's so interesting you say this because uh, when I write and when I'm in the, you know, mm-hmm. when I don't, I'm not doing anything else but decide to write. There are days uh-huh. when I wake up at two thirty in the morning. Okay. And okay. by the time I finish, by the time my wife wakes up at six. Uh-huh. I would have finished three thousand words. You yeah. know. So uh, you know, it's it's a question of what frame of mind you are in. So very yeah. well said. Yeah. So Rajiv, I'm now going to move to the next segment uh, of our conversation, okay. which is some questions for you personally. Okay. You know, you have been a shippy. You have been an entrepreneur. You are an author. Okay. Seen the world. What are some of the core values you believe in? Well, my core values, I would say, my first thing is I. i value clarity in thought mm-hmm. in others as well as in myself okay i uh, i i admire those who can cut through the jargon you know and and get to the core issue right i this may be contradictory but uh, i value prudence at the mm-hmm. same time i value 
the ability to take calculated risk this may be contradictory but but but, but both are real absolutely right uh, i do not value uh, you know uh, the habit of seeking constant approval from others mm. i do not value those who must put all their doings on facebook or other things looking for like mm-hmm. and uh, i suppose i have very middle class values you know of uh, common sense prudence mm. perseverance um self confidence and above all i think the ability to look at an issue from another's point of view very well said very well said and uh, very well and a follow up question for for you then is that you know after so many years of work when you look back from where you stand today what does success mean to rajiv ah uh, all right i'm going to get a little poetic here you know? okay you know it's uh, success you know when we go through life not trying to raise our families and bring up our children mm-hmm. we are often forced to sell our days of gold for pieces of silver i think it was um, i think it was khalil gibran who said this but i'm not sure okay and uh, uh, you know we've been doing that for me success is when i can call most of my time my own okay and success is uh, being able to do with my time what i enjoy doing and having the means to do that okay uh, i mean that, that that's my very, very well said and that only you know further states what we just mentioned that you know you have got very middle class values and i think yeah. i resonate with that because i have a similar background like you do uh-huh. and uh, very well said. very well said. and again a follow up question to that rajiv is who or what inspires you uh what inspires me actually you know i get inspired my heroes in life are people you know discoverers thinkers who have you know broken new ground in thinking new things right and expanded our knowledge about our world and about ourselves you know there's just too many of them to this thing i i could probably start with tales of metallus you know mm-hmm. who, who I was and you know any you know whether it is darwin or einstein you know sure there's just too many to mention you know Absolutely. people who expand our way understand understand those are my heroes very interesting and my last question now to you you know and this is a question on failure uh and okay. and comes from middle class values in our country i've often uh-huh. said and i had a, I have a new book that came out two months ago on failure uh-huh. uh i've often said that parents in india or south asia don't teach children it's okay to fail you're always told first ana be at the head of the line etc etc and that manifests itself in our behavior patterns you know so I, my I... question to you is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes you know while it's uh, important to keep learning lessons from life mm-hmm. small mistakes i don't think i have had such a big failure that it taught me any life changing uh, lessons uh, i i think that's probably because of prudence whatever whatever uh, risks i have taken in life i i guess i've always had a fallback position in case it didn't work out Sure. and uh, you know when i started business it wasn't a risk at all because if it didn't work out i could go back to see i had a certificate that was valid for life recognized in most parts of the world uh, it, it wasn't really a risk it, it was a gamble but 
I, I no, no earth shaking experiences. Anyway, okay, well said. So, uh, Rajiv, uh, I think I come to the end of our conversation. Hey, I just want to thank you. Me. I mean, I, it's been thank such you. an amazing conversation on your book. Okay. Um, you know, I, I love the eight areas that you have researched so much on. Okay. And I wish you lots of success with you. Uh, for, you know, thank you. Life thank you, Ashutosh. It's so kind of you to have me. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. It's been a good experience. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.